Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without a lot of geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about tech that's important to us and important to you. Speaking of important to us, we want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your bank. Even if you do, though, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you are in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to the lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important to banks, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they'll help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net, call 225-308-3700, or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, pleased to, to let everybody know we're going to be joined this week by Stephen Cavell. Stephen, welcome to Tech Gumbo. Hey, happy to be aboard. Thank you so much, Haggai. Absolutely. So we start each week with the news and updates. And the first uh, thing we want to talk about is the BlackBerry phones have come to their end. Uh, I thought that happened many years ago. Are we sure it just happened? Believe it or not, the BlackBerry phones were still around still functional until january 4th of this year they are now officially shut down well i don't believe you but go ahead yeah so if you still were holding on to one of those black blackberry devices if you were still using the blackberry 7.1 operating system if you were still running the blackberry desktop manager or any one of the blackberry products that have been holding on to the edge by their fingernails, it all ended January 4th, officially. I haven't come across a BlackBerry in quite a while. So did you ever have a BlackBerry? Oh yeah, a BlackBerry 8880. It was called the World Edition. It was, if you would remember the show Entourage, Ari Gold used to used to berate his assistant Lloyd with oh, that BlackBerry yeah. 8880 in his left oh, hand. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I loved Ari and his BlackBerry. That's 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 so cool. So if you to go back and do kind of a, a rise and fall of the BlackBerry, the whole BlackBerry thing started in 1999 when the company Research in Motion, or RIM, they started off with a device that was going to be better than the old interactive pagers back then, and it had a full QWERTY keyboard on it. Whoa! And, and so they, they had a couple of different phones that you could, you could you can use as, as you know, call, call somebody, but if you wanted to send a text message or type out an email, you could, with your thumbs, bang out these tactile 
keys and send messages. Can I say maybe maybe a contributing factor to their downfall other than the iPhone or other other smartphones that came to market was probably when they went when they went away from their their bread and butter, which that, that introduction of the QWERTY keyboard, and they went to this BlackBerry Pearl. Do you remember that one? Absolutely. It was a, a BlackBerry Pearl. I think it was the 8130, but it, but it went to this non-QWERTY keyboard where you kind of retrogress back to this uh, T9 form of texting. Yeah, you know, back when in somewhere around 2007 or so when the iPhones came out, the first thing that BlackBerry did was said, oh, screw those touch touch screens are irrelevant. People like their keyboards. They want that keyboard. Nobody just wants to slide their finger across a sheet of glass. And apparently people did. Apparently Steve Jobs was ahead of his time. He was. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then, uh, you know, a year or so later, the Android operating system came out and once again, the BlackBerry doubled down and said, we really, really don't think those that's going to work. And and then they introduced the curve that still had the, the keyboards on it. Uh, by the way, this just in, the Kodak company called in and said they don't believe digital cameras are going to work out. Yeah, it, 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 boy, that's, that's cutting edge news. That's great. And, and that's kind of where BlackBerry was. And and so the you know the slow slide into the grave just kept happening and kept happening, and, and the last time they were relevant was 2010, that they were kind of just still there were more than you know three percent more than two percent, then they finally fell below the two percent of the total market share because iPhone and Android were taken off. I seem to remember around that time, perhaps HTC or others started launching Windows-based mobile phones with with QWERTY keyboards. Some of them even had touchscreen, and so that was like the the answer to BlackBerry always saying, "Well, iPhones are for personal use; they're not for business use," and that's why people need QWERTY keyboards with trackballs, you know. And I think the you know those Windows phones were uh, kind of a precursor to yeah oh i loved my windows phone i had a nokia windows phone was the best thing i ever had i i when i had when it finally died and i had to go back to the ant to the uh, iphone i felt like i went back in time 10 years i mean i i missed my my windows phone i really did i had one windows phone back then it was an htc touch and it kind of slid out like a two-way sort of it was terrible i have to be honest it was terrible yeah, so you know, BlackBerry just never could get any traction. The the Crackberries, as people used to refer to them, even because everybody was addicted to their these devices, just couldn't. Apple and Google just buried them, and it all came to an official end. It's pretty funny, actually, the term Crackberry. If you think about it, that that we thought back then that people were addicted to their Blackberries. Think about how addicted we are to screens today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you think about what you can do with your iPhone or your Android today, that that BlackBerry phones couldn't even begin to think about doing all of the things we can do now. And you think we were addicted back then to our Crackberries? Take my phone away and, and watch me lose my right arm. Just doesn't happen. 
moving along, next thing we wanted to talk about here, Microsoft is bringing back some of the mental floss things, but they're not doing it as part of Windows, they're doing it part of Microsoft Edge. This probably has nothing to do with ad money, right? Probably not, not not much, maybe a little, you know. <laughs> maybe just trillions to do with ad money, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a little data to collect and see how much time you you enjoy. With the playing, if you remember the the old games, the, the Mind Sweep and Solitaire and and different games like that, that, that you used to be able to go to your start and, and pull up and they were a local app running on your on your computer. Absolutely. Snake. Well, that was mainly a phone. That, that might have been a Nokia thing, but I want to say there was a similar thing to Snake. So all of those kinds of games are coming back, but they're going to be part of the, the Edge browser. And so you're going to get an icon on the browser that's going to allow you to click on that icon and, and pick and choose the games that you want to go to and play. But it's not going to be part of the Windows operating system. It's part of Edge. I can see myself right now getting on my computer, pulling up the browser, because I need to go see like how many how many cases we have today of, of COVID, and then I get sidetracked before I even type it in. It's like, ooh, Tetris. Yeah. And then three hours later, it's lunchtime. Absolutely. You know, that that I can remember, I mean, 25 years ago, sitting at the computer and just needing five minutes and just pulling up solitaire. Just you hit a frustration moment. You hit hit that moment where you're going to go punch the wall, kill an employee or play solitaire. It's an easy call. If they have NFL blitz, I'm in. There goes my whole day. Oh, you think? Oh, I mean, just those kinds of things. That's what what scares me as to how easy it is to get into these time sucks. And when they the easier they make for you to get to them. Absolutely. I mean, whatever they can get eyeballs on and keep eyeballs on, right? Yes. And then it's up to IT companies or or big companies to squash these from your browser. Well, good luck with that. It's not the operating system anymore. So a big story um, that's been happening and in, in here on Tech Gumbo, we certainly have talked about from time to time, the rollout of 5G. We, we've talked about 5G for years and years and years on the show. Well, the whole controversy with C-band, that's the middle range band of, of the 5G rollout, has become quite a hot button over the past couple of months. And... AT&T and Verizon had agreed in November to, to pause the rollout for the month of December because they really wanted to try and get it out by the end of last year. And they said Sunday, January 2nd, they wrote a letter together. Verizon and AT&T put a letter together in the Wall Street Journal and said, that's it. We're launching. We don't care what the hell you say, FAA. What are the, I mean... Uh- what has to happen to get AT&T and Verizon, two huge competing firms, to act in concert with one another? It must just be the government that can – it's probably the only force that, of nature that can – That are the billions of dollars of, of hardware infrastructure that they've both spent and sunk in, and they're waiting to flip a switch. 
And so when you get billions or hundreds of billions of dollars of infrastructure spent and you can't flip this switch on because the government is saying, eh, eh, eh. so the two of them write this letter on Sunday, January 2nd, that says, we're rolling it out. We're not stopping. And then the uh, Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, comes out on Monday and says, wait, wait, please, guys, come on, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. And then by dinner time on Monday, AT&T and Verizon said, well, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe we'll give you two more weeks. Two more weeks is all they need? Yeah. That's the amazing thing. Well, then I have a question. So they've been working on rolling out 5G, they being AT&T and Verizon, for the better part of a decade, right? And you're going to tell me that the FAA and the Transportation Secretary have known for better part of a decade, and it just so happens that all they need is two more weeks? Yeah, just two more weeks because... You know, these countries countries around the world have been using this C-band for six months to a year now, and all of them are just fine. They've figured it out on in there, but somehow or another, we're not sure here because maybe the gravitational forces or the way the Earth spins works different in the United States than it does in France. Who knows? But the FCC and the FAA are just at odds with each other, and the airlines and and in the cell phone companies. The problem is this C-band theoretically could possibly maybe almost, if the right thing happened the right way perfectly, possibly, I, I think, could interfere with the altimeter. And so the airplane doesn't know quite how high it is in, in the air. Uh, this kind of sounds like a Y2K thing. Is this a lot about nothing? You know, it sounds like it to me. Uh, I'm not an engineer. I don't play one on radio. And I'm not a, I'm not a pilot. And, you know, but these guys have known about this for a very, very long time. And you're going to tell me two more weeks is going to get you past the, the tipping point? Yeah, it, well, it'll see, Haggai, it's going to be totally different two weeks from now. We're going to have a Blue Ribbon Committee look at it. It's going to be totally different. You can't get three guys to get into a room together inside the next two weeks from these companies and the government. And you're going to tell me this is going to be resolved by January 15th? Come on, boys and girls. Who are we kidding here? It makes me think that the FAA has dragged their feet for so long that AT&T and Verizon, as big as they are, had to get together just to push them and nudge them along to be able to let this happen. And, and hey, look, let's not leave T-Mobile out of this. T-Mobile has spent a boatload of money themselves. They're just not quite as big as AT&T and Verizon combined. And so it, it's like, what are you going to do? And T-Mobile has also spent a boatload of money over the last decade borrowing and renting Verizon's towers. But whatever. Oh, everybody. Well, everybody rides on everybody's towers. That 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 law, that's been around for a long time. That anytime you see a cell site tower, there's at least three carriers on that phone, on that tower. And, and so, 
you're going to see. I should say network. Yes. Yes, they've been riding yes. over the network. Yes. Yes. But the the when you see these folks who are worried that that plane coming into LaGuardia Airport on final final approach, which has to fly right over the middle of New York City at a thousand feet or fifteen hundred feet or two you know two thousand fifteen hundred thousand five hundred, if you're going to tell me that's that swath of of New York City where those planes glide over to go to LaGuardia or to Newark Airport or to JFK because when if you're sitting there in New York there's planes buzzing in from all over what but the city's closed so what's the harm <laughs> exactly i mean just kidding you know when 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 you when you're going to tell me oh you can roll out the C band Everywhere except for these 20 million people in the greater New York City area. I don't see that as a viable solution. But I know I know the C-band is, is something that's that, that's got everybody just all in a buzz and they just can't. But it's going to be solved in two weeks. So that's the good news. Two weeks. That is the good news. Thank goodness. Thank yeah. goodness for uh, Mr. David over at the FAA. He'll have it sorted out in two weeks. Yes, good on them. So the last story we wanted to talk about, we've mentioned the Log4j attacks in in previous episodes. Microsoft this week put out a notification saying, hey, this story's not over and it's not going away. If you're if you're if you're if you own a, a web server and you're hosting your own e- your web page, you damn well better be, uh, you know, fixing that Apache software that's running it. If you don't own your web server where your website is, you need to be asking a company that does host your website. Are you fixing the Apache software? Yeah, I would. Uh, that that's where I would say, you know, as a consumer, you're, you know, there's not much to do here. It's good to be aware. However. You know, as as a business owner, maybe you know, or, or decision maker, you you probably want to check with your tech stack, make sure that those you know those hosting those applications are uh, at the very least aware and have a mitigation plan and process, uh, if not complete. Yeah, Microsoft has been putting out patches and updates, especially to their their Windows Defender software, to help try and and, and eliminate this log four J flaw. But the problem is, it's going to take a long time to get a lot of people on board that, hey, they know they've got to go run these these updates to get rid of these flaws. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to take a lot of man hours, actually, to, and to mitigate those, to uh, mitigate that vulnerability. But like you said, there there are patches out there. So it's it's just going to take time. When you When you consider how many websites there are to go to, how many web servers that are out there for hosting all of this information. And then the the few number of people in the IT world who have to go to every one of these web servers to do all these patches and updates and or maybe mitigation to get rid of the log4j, that's a hell of a problem. Yet another reason to be careful about where you put your data. Absolutely. Uh, go find a good, trusted 
IT company that you can work with, one like General Informatics. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider, delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the Southeast United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 100 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services team can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show today or you want to go back and hear us as a podcast, check out any previous episodes available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Music, Amazon Music, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe to get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show, you have any suggestions, or you have a question, shoot us a text, 225-255-0431. If we use your question as the question of the week, we will send you a free Tech Gumbo mug. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.